So back when I was in student ministry full-time, I remember reading a book called The Seven Checkpoints for Student Leaders. Uh, basically, it was this idea of like, hey, there's these seven core truths or ideas that we want every middle schooler and high schooler to know before they leave our ministry, that everything we teach and, and go through and talk about can go into one of these seven buckets. And one of the categories was the idea of healthy relationships. Um, and within that category, there was a quote from Andy Stanley that says, uh, your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. And maybe you've heard something similar to that. You know, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Uh, show me who uh, you're running with. I'll show you who you're becoming. You know, similar things like that. And there's just this universal principle that we kind of know to be true, that who we spend time with will shape who we are becoming and where we end up. And, and even though sometimes we may want to push back against that, like, oh, I don't know if that's true and I don't believe it, our experience tells us otherwise, uh, that who I spend time with inevitably will shape me, will change me, will mold me, will take me in a direction. It's a universal principle that uh, whether you're a Christian or not, that one of the big, biggest influences in your life are the people that you surround yourself with. We're in part four of this series called A New Beginning, and we've been talking about how can we have a new beginning? How can this year be better, a fresh start? How can this year be better than last year? How can the next decade be better than the last decade? How can the, the, the next half of my life be better than the first half? Whatever, you, you get the idea. Like, what things do we need to have in place to be moving in a direction towards flourishing? There's this idea that Jesus shows up on the planet, and one of the things he says is, he says, here's the reason I've come. I've come that people may have life and have it to the fullest, have it more abundantly, have a kind of life uh, that is a life of flourishing, a life that is better than what we can imagine. Now, side note, better doesn't always mean uh, easier or more comfortable. Uh, you know, in our context, a lot of times we make better out to be in this kind of Western, materialistic, consumeristic world that we live in, better is like, well, do I, am I more comfortable? Do I have more stuff? Am I happier? Am I healthier? Um, that's not necessarily what better is. When he says life more abundantly, it's human flourishing in relationship with God and one another. Uh, it's, it's life in the kingdom. It's life uh, with, with fruit that's coming out of us, so like love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, like all of that kind of stuff. I, Jesus says, I want to come to give you this abundant, flourishing, beautiful life. And so if we want to move in that direction, if that's what I want this year to look like, um, you know, what do I need to do to make sure that that happens? Where I put myself in a position uh, where God can bring that about in my life. And so what we're going to talk about today uh, is the idea of relationships and how do they play into that. Specifically, I want to talk about friendships or what we would probably call friendships. Uh, the idea of who am I intentionally allowing to have influence in my life? Who am I intentionally spending time with? Um, I say intentionally because there's certain relationships that we're not very intentional about. There's certain relationships that's just like, they just kind of happen uh, one way or another. Um, you know, family, you know, like I, there's, I, I, you don't get to choose who your family is, maybe who you work with. You don't really get to choose who you work with. But there are relationships and friendships that I like decide I want to spend more time with you. I want to invite you to have influence in my life and to be able to speak into my life. Uh, the question of who am I doing life with? Who am I doing life with? Because this is important. Because again, your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. And if we want to have a new beginning, if we want a new beginning, the question that we need to ask is, do my friends or are my friends, do they move me towards that new beginning or away from it? Like, am I getting closer to the life and the person that I want to become or further away from it based upon the influence of the people that I'm inviting into my life? As I think about the life that I'm trying to lead, 
What do I want my relationships to look like? My marriage, my parenting, or um, my career and how I operate in my career space, or just in terms of my, my character and who I'm becoming. Like, what, what kind of life do I want to lead? What, am I, what do I want my faith to look like? As I pursue Jesus, how, how, how does that play into my life? And then asking the question, well, how do the people that I'm surrounding myself with, how do they influence that one way or another, positively or negatively? Because the people around us have a huge impact on our life and on our faith. In fact, I would argue that the thing that God uses more than anything else consistently in our lives to grow us are the people around us. Like, I mean, that's my own personal experience. That's the story I've heard from so many people of like, you know what? Like, God showed up, grew me, grew my faith, changed my life through other people. It just seems to be how things work. And so if the people around us have that big of an impact on our lives, the question is, how then do we get the right people around us? How do we evaluate, am I surrounding myself with the kind of people um, that will move me in a direction where I want to go, that will move me in the direction of what God has for me. I want to look at a couple of passages of scripture to find some, I guess, like big categories, big buckets of like attributes for these are the kind of people that we need to invite to have influence in our life. These are the kind of people that we need to be doing life with, that we need to allow to shape us. And so I want to look uh, in what's called the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is ancient wisdom literature. Uh, many ancient cultures had this genre of literature called wisdom literature. Uh, and in the uh, Jewish culture, the, the Hebrew culture, this is what became known as the book of Proverbs. We have it in our English Bible in the Old Testament, which is the Jewish Hebrew scriptures. Um, and we find all of these wisdom sayings, all of these principles for life. Um, they're not like promises. It's not like formulaic, like do this and this will always happen every time. But it's an idea of, Here's a principle. Here, like if you'll stick on this principle, chances are things will work out for the best because there's a certain way in which the world works. There's a certain way in which God has set things up. And, and so Proverbs is like, uh, here is a guideline for living well in the world that we find ourselves in. And there's so much in Proverbs about the idea of relationships, uh, the friendships that we form and how do we surround ourselves with the right people. So I wanna look at a few Proverbs that point us in that direction. The first one is Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. It says, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. The one who walks with the wise will become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. First principle that is this, is I'm looking for people to do life with. I need wise people in my life. I need wise people in my life. People who are moving in a direction that I want to be moving in. People who, when I look at the trajectory of their life, where they're at, where they're going, I say, you know what? That's a direction that I want to be moving in as well. If you hang out with wise people, you'll become smarter. You'll do life better. You'll do faith better. If you hang out with fools, you'll get hurt. There's this um, idea in Proverbs and also throughout different parts of Scripture where we see walking is like a picture of existing in the world, of living in the world, of moving about through this life, that life is kind of a journey, right? And there's, there's a path for you to be on. The idea of the path comes up over and over throughout Proverbs. There's a path that leads to life. There's a path that leads to death. There's a, pla- a path that leads to like human flourishing. There's a path that leads to destruction. And, and I'm somewhere on that path. I'm going through life. So there's this picture. And in this proverb, it's like the question it's making this ask is, who's on the path with me? Who is on the journey with me? Who am I bringing along on this journey, on this path of life? It says, are you walking with the wise? And the wise are kind of people who, they understand that life is connected. 
They understand that the decisions that I make today uh, will impact tomorrow, in the next five years, the next 10 years. They understand that there's, that there's a cause and effect to life. Uh, the wise are people who have insight, who many times have experience. Uh, the wise are people who have either, who have been where you want to go or who are heading in the direction you want to go in and they have an idea of how to get there. And so he's like, hey, bring those people into your life. Walk with those wise people and you'll become wise. You'll be better at life. You'll be better at faith. You'll end up where you want to end up. And on the flip side, if you are a companion of fools, if the people you're doing life with and going on the journey with are foolish people, well, you're going to get hurt. The foolish people in Proverbs are kind of people that think life is random, um, that, that I can do whatever I want today and it won't affect tomorrow. Just do what feels right in the moment. And he says, the companion of fools will suffer harm. Um, you don't even have to make foolish decisions. It's just that sometimes when you're around foolish people, their life gets blown up, and sometimes your collateral damage. Right? Maybe you've had that experience. And so this first principle is like, hey, who are you doing life with? Are they moving in a direction that you want to go in? Surround yourself with wise people. And let me just camp out here for a moment. We'll spend more time on this one than the others. Because this is one of the biggest issues that I see. Like for, for some of you, man, like this is the one, this is your biggest hangup. This is what I want you to understand. You can forget the rest of the message because I've actually had conversations with you about where you're at in life and how things are going. Or maybe we haven't actually had conversations, but because of, you know, the joys of social media, we get to kind of peer in at everyone's life. And it's like, you know, I see or I hear about the problems that you're having. And then I look at who you're surrounding yourself with. And it's like this direct line. It's like, well, of course that's what's going on because who are you allowing to influence your life? Listen, if you want to move in a better direction, you need to hang out with people who want the same thing, who are moving in the same direction, and you need to get foolish people out of your life. Now, I know that can sound harsh, so let me kind of clarify. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, he calls us to love everyone. Like we are to love everyone. We show honor and dignity, respect towards everyone because they have worth, they have value. Uh, like They're made in the image of God. They are deeply loved, absolutely. So we serve people. We sacrifice for people. We give. We care for people. We love people unconditionally. But at the same time, that does not mean because I'm loving people that I invite them to have influence in my life. I can love someone and care about someone and want the best for them and serve them and, and treat them well without saying, hey, can you please give me life advice? Can you be an influence in my life? Can you speak into my life? Um, if someone isn't wise, if they're not moving in a direction that you want to go, they should not be in a relational position in your life to influence what you do and who you become. You know, you know, if it's a, it's, a, it's a work friend or someone who's around you who it's just like, you, you know, like, like their, their life is kind of a disaster. If their relationships are falling apart, their marriage is falling apart, they're bouncing from relationship to relationship to relationship, I'm not going to invite them to speak into my relationships. They're not where I want to go. If there's someone who's like, okay, you're fun and you're great and I'm going to love you, but just in terms of your character, like that's not who I want to be, well, then I'm not going to put you and allow you into a position of influence in my life. If, if we're talking in terms of faith, if I want to grow in my faith. I want to pursue Jesus. And it's like th this person over here that's at work or school or wherever, it's like, well, like you're not a person of faith. You're not moving in that direction. I'm going to love you. I'm going to care about you, but I'm not going to let you speak into my faith and what I should do in, in terms of how I follow 
Jesus. I need to invite wise people into my life, people who are moving in a direction that I want to go in. First principle, walk with the wise. Get people in your life who are going where you want to go. Second principle is this. It's found in Proverbs 27, 6. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy. Principle number two is this, that the people we need to invite into our lives and do life with are the people who will say hard things to us. We need people in our lives who will say the hard things, people in our lives who will tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And sometimes it hurts, right? The wounds. He says there's wounds. There's a wound involved, but they're, they're wounds that you can trust because they're wounds from a friend. They're wounds from someone that you know cares about you. They care about who you are becoming, a person who wants the best for you. And, and just by necessity, if someone wants the best for you, there will be times when they have to say hard things to you. There will be times when they have to call out some of our junk. We need those people in our lives. The flip side, he says, the kisses of an enemy are excessive. Uh, that, that someone who just tells you what you want to hear all the time, ultimately, that, that person's not really a friend. Someone who's just like, oh, you're so awesome. You're always right. You know, it's their fault. It's them. They're terrible. You're great. You're wonderful. You do you. You don't need to make any changes. I would just caution you and say that person's probably not really your friend. Listen, as someone who's a people pleaser, this is one of my weaknesses. I want people to like me. Sometimes I resist having hard conversations, not because I'm really like deep down, I'm not worried about what that person, uh, how they will feel. I'm worried about being rejected. I'm worried about you liking me. And so most of the time, if someone is always saying, like just, just always never telling you the hard things, they're only saying what you want to hear, usually it means that person's not really concerned about you. They're really concerned about themselves. We need someone who will have hard conversations with us. Uh, and in the context of like, faith, if you're a follower of Jesus, the call is that. It's to follow him. It's to submit our lives to him in every area. It's not just to believe a bunch of things. And so I need people in my life who whenever I'm not following him, whenever it's like, and it's not just like a one-time slip up because we all mess up, but when there's a pattern starting to form where it's like, okay, you are moving away from Jesus, I need people to call me out on that and say, listen, that's not good. You're going to get hurt. The people you love are going to get hurt. You need to move in a different direction. We need people who will have hard conversations with us. Here's the third thing. Third thing, found in uh, Proverbs 17, 17. We read that a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. This one kind of uh, is the flip side, the counterbalance of the one we just looked at. Because uh, a friend, a true friend, the people we need around us, they don't just call us out all the time. They're not just critical all the time. They're not just like, hey, you're messing up, and you're terrible, and you're awful. That person's not a friend. That person's a jerk. But we need people who, yeah, they'll say hard things to us, but someone who loves at all times, and a brother who is there for times of difficulty. That it's someone who is there who will encourage us, who will speak life into us, uh, who will speak hope into us, who will be with us in times that are good and times that are bad. People that stand by us and love us unconditionally. So what do we have so far? We need to surround ourselves with people who are, who are wise, who are moving in a direction we want to be moving in. Surround ourselves with people who will have hard conversations with us. Surround ourselves with people who will love and encourage us all the time. And the fourth thing, it's not really what we're looking for, uh, who, like, 
uh, in another person. It's not what we're looking for as surrounding ourselves with. It's not what we're looking for in terms of uh, them doing life with just strictly us. The fourth thing, as it relates to who are we doing life with, can be found in Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, and so one person sharpens another. The idea in these kind of relationships, these kind of friendships, is it's mutual. It's mutual. That not only do you have something to offer me in this relationship, I have something to offer you as well. It's not just that I'm better because of this relationship, it's that we are better because of this relationship. So we are moving in a direction together. We are having hard conversations with each other. We are encouraging and loving one another. It's a two-sided thing. It's a mutual thing. It's a back and forth. It's a give and take. Iron sharpens iron. One person sharpens another. And so as you kind of think about those attributes and those qualities of people, if I want to move in a different direction, if I want to step into what God has for me, I need people who are moving in that direction as well that can come along me for the journey. I, I need people who will have hard conversations with me. I need people who will encourage me. And those people need to be people that I'm speaking that into as well. And so the question that, that I have for you to reflect on, for you to think about, is do you have those kind of people in your life? Do you have those kind of people in your life, people who are wise and moving in a direction you want to go in? People who will call you on your crap, right? They're like, hey, we need to talk. We need to have a hard conversation. Do you have people in your life who will uh, stick by you no matter what and encourage you and love you? Do you have people who you are in a position where you can do that for them as well? Do you have those people in your life? If not, I, I cannot encourage you enough. Um, I cannot, I, I cannot uh, overstate how important it is for you to get those people in your life to invite those kind of voices into your life, to develop those kind of friendships in your life. And again, this is true for everyone. So maybe you're watching and you're not like a Christian or a follower of Jesus, and you're like, oh, this is interesting, but that's not, that's not for me because I'm not a Christian. This is absolutely for you. Because everything that we just talked about, it's a universal principle that everyone, regardless of stage of life, life story, faith background, everyone needs these kind of people in their lives. And so Everyone needs to ask this question. Do I have those kind of people? But if you are a person of faith, you consider yourself to be a, a Christian or a Jesus follower, the best place for you to find those kind of relationships and develop and cultivate those kind of relationships and friendships is within the context of Christian community. Christian community. You see, this is what the church is for. This is what the church actually is. The church it's not a building that we come to. It's not a service that we attend. It's not a program that we consume. The church, at its core, is a group of people who are doing life and faith together, that are moving about in this world, doing life and pursuing Jesus together. The church is a group of people who say, we're moving in the same direction. We're, we're heading towards the same destination. There is somewhere we want to be, and we're moving there together. We're moving towards Jesus. We're following him together. We're pursuing him together. We, uh, we are pursuing the things of the kingdom together. The church is the place where we have hard conversations with each other. It's the place where we sometimes have to call each other out on our crap. We do. Um, the, the church, actually, it's not the place that's supposed to be calling the world out and saying what's wrong with everybody else. That's not our job. Our job is within the church to say we're following Jesus together and whenever one of us gets off on that and, and strays away to say, hey, we gotta talk because you're gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna hurt someone that you care about. This isn't what God has for you. So we have those hard conversations. 
The church is a place where we love each other. We stand by each other. We encourage each other. Where we just, we lift each other up. The church is absolutely a place where it's not a one-sided thing. It's not a one-sided thing. We don't just come and consume those things. We're not religious consumers. The church is a place that is defined by one anothering. One anothering. Where, where we, we, we love one another, we support one another, we care for one another, we carry each other's burdens, we, we pray for each other, we rebuke each other, we correct each other. All of these things, that is what the church is about, all fitting under this umbrella of love one another. This is why we say around here, and we'll continue to say, um, that we don't grow spiritually unless we're connected relationally. That you will not, you do not, you cannot grow spiritually unless you are connected relationally because faith is designed to be a communal thing. There is no such thing as this kind of Lone Ranger Christianity. There is no Christian faith that's just kind of, well, it's just me and Jesus and that's all I need. Like that is a counterfeit version of the Christian faith that has been hijacked by hyper uh, Western individualistic consumerism, but that is not what biblical New Testament Christianity looks like. Christianity is a communal thing. Faith is a communal thing. This is why Jesus said uh, before he died, his last kind of moments with his disciples, he gives them this one last teaching. It's like, if you forget everything else, here's what you need to remember. And he says this. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. Jesus defines discipleship by saying, here's how people will know you're my disciple. Here's how people will know you're my follower, that you belong to me, that you're pursuing me, you've given your life to me. Here's how they'll know. It's by you loving one another. But he doesn't leave us to define love for ourselves. He says, here's what love looks like. As I have loved you. As I have loved you. And the Jesus kind of love is defined by proximity that you can't love someone from a distance. When Jesus says, that, like, as I have loved you, he's looking at a group of guys that he had spent the last three years with, pouring into his, the, his life into them. Like they had been together basically 24-7 for these past three years. And he says, the love that I've shown you, what you've experienced, that's how you love each other, and that's how people will know you're my disciple, that you are my follower. You can't actually follow Jesus on your own. Your, your faith, you won't grow spiritually on your own. You can't do it. And it's not like you can't do it like, oh, you won't survive, you won't make it. It's you can't do it like you're completely missing the mark. Uh, like that, that if you're trying to do it on your own, you're pursuing something entirely different than what Jesus had intended. You can't, grow, you can't be a disciple of Jesus as he would intend. You can't grow spiritually um, unless you are connected relationally. That is how it happens these kind of deep relationships that move us in a direction of life that we want to be in, they happen within Christian community. So if you want a new beginning, man, if you want this year to be different, if you want to step into the things that God has for you, it will require relationships that are moving you in that direction, not away from it. And so I want to invite you to, to step into that, to surround yourself with those kind of people who are moving in a direction you want to be moving in. People who will call you out when that needs to happen. People who will encourage you and love you and support you. And people who will invite you to do the same thing in their lives.
that is found in Christian community. Now, let me just kind of wrap things up by saying this, that uh, at Hope Community, we think the best place for that to happen, the idea of forming that Christian community, is within the context of a community group, a community group. A community group is a group of, uh, of people, a smaller group of people um, that meet throughout the week in someone's home or sometimes here at the church, um, where it's not just a, a large gathering because something happens within the context of a community group that doesn't happen in our Sunday on-site gathering and that definitely doesn't happen on the other side of a screen and just watching. I'm just saying, like, th- there's something that, e- that on, online, on screen, we love that you guys tune in, and then also on site, but there's something that happens in a community group setting where we can actually one another each other the way that Jesus had in mind. See, in a community group, there's space for real relationship to happen and for God to use that for something. It's in a community group where you really get to know each other, not just the church version of someone else, you know what I'm talking about, where it's like a small talk version, but where you get to know someone's story. You get to know their family. You get to know who they are, what they're interested in, and, and just kind of what life has been for them. Uh, it's, it's within the context of a small group that you sit down and you eat together. And there's something that you almost can't put words to. Something happens over a meal. Relationships form. Bonds are built. And community groups, we laugh together, seriously. Like sometimes, you know, the good laugh where your abs are sore the next day, that happens in community group. Where we pray together, real prayers, not just canned stuff where we ask difficult questions about faith and how it intersects with our life. Like, that is the purpose of community group. That is where these kind of relationships form that will move us in a direction where we want to be. So if you've not signed up for a community group, I want to encourage you to do that. You can do so by clicking the link in this video that'll take you over to our website. Uh, And from there, click on the Next Steps launcher. You'll see a big thing that says, join a group. It's going to ask you a series of questions. Uh, kind of who you are and, and what night works out best for you, and it'll get you into a community group. I, I want to encourage you to do that because in doing so, you know, that doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with everyone in the group, but you're putting yourself in an environment and in a situation, in a position where God can show up and do something through the people that you are surrounding yourself with, that he will do something and you will surround yourself with people who are moving in the same direction who are going to call you out on things, who are going to encourage you in areas, and people who will invite you to do the same. I'm telling you, you put yourself into that position. God will use it to do some incredible things in your life.